takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it after the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to oh run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. Going to the right. Boise State for the win. They hand it off to Johnson. Boise State has won the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. Let's go. Good snap. Good hold. And the kick is blocked. Appalachian State has stunned the college football world. One of the greatest upsets in sports history. What's up, college football fans, and welcome back to an all-new episode of the Cover 2 College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Smithson, joined, as always, by my co-host, the Oki Longhorn himself, Dalt. As usual, first and foremost, how we doing tonight, buddy? I'm fairly annoyed right now. Uh, <laughs> tired of having these technical difficulties with Riverside and computers and everything else, trying to put together a good podcast, but no, we're just on the struggle bus. But we're here to talk about college football, enough about our struggles well yeah i mean it's like uh kind of piecing things together here Dalt. you know uh we're uh we're doing the best we can with what we got essentially you know but we are here uh we based on my end we are recording so everything should be okay so we will we'll see how it goes um we have had to do it this way one other time worked out fine so Dalt, we had some college football this past week. We weren't able to meet for our, you know, recap episode. But, um, you know, we're going to talk about those games. We're we're not going to go real deep into them. But um, first thing, I guess, really, we don't have a ton of news to really talk about. I mean, there are some things around college football. But um, if you want to get right into our AP Top 25, uh, we can we can go ahead and do that. Uh, yes, sir. So staying at number one, we have Georgia with 55 first place votes at number two. Michigan stays there with one first place vote. Texas stays at three with two first place votes. Um, Ohio State moves up to number four. They jump two spots and receive one first place vote. Florida State falls one spot to five, receiving three first place votes. Penn State moves up one spot to six. Washington moves up one spot to seven and also receives a first-place vote. USC drops three spots to eight. All, uh, Oregon moves up one spot to nine. Utah moves up one spot to ten. Notre Dame falls two spots to 11. Alabama moves up one spot to 12. LSU falls back one spot to 13. Oklahoma moves up two spots to 14. North Carolina moves up two spots to 15. Washington State, big mover this week. They jump five spots to 16. At number 17, we have my undefeated Duke Blue Devils. At 17, and then at 18, we have Miami. Oregon State falls five spots to 19. Ole Miss also falls five spots to 20. Tennessee moves up two spots to 21. Florida moves up three spots to 22. Missouri jumps into the top 25 at 23. 
as does Kansas at 24 and Fresno State at 25. Just on the outside receiving votes, it's Kansas State, Kentucky, Colorado, who just fell out of the top 25, Louisville, UCLA, Maryland, TCU. So, Dalt, um, we, we kind of touched on this when we initially tried to record just a little bit ago. Um, you know, seems like there's a little bit of SEC bias in this top 25. Um, you got, you know, 20, 20 through 23 – the the Florida and Missouri thing doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Um, I, I don't necessarily know that either of those teams should be in the top twenty five, and then you have Florida right there behind Tennessee at you know twenty one and twenty two, and Florida beat Tennessee, and you know I I don't know what we judge these rankings on, but it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me, Dalt, that that we have those two teams right there by each other, and the one that beat the other is ranked lower. Oh, I, I completely agree. That's horrendous. Of the Tennessee, Florida, Ole Miss teams, I think there's an SEC team receiving votes that has more merit to be in the top 25 than them uh, in Kentucky. I'm really shocked that Kentucky didn't break into the top 25. Maybe after this week they will. But um, kind of just being sneaky – staying kind of consistent which is surprising to me a team that has not been just very good they just kind of finding way to win win games is utah at 10 yeah yeah i mean that, that was a game we picked that we're going to touch on here in just a minute uh but yeah they they climb up there you know move up one spot to that number 10 spot and then right above them you have oregon who Obviously caught quite a bit of praise this week with the just dismantling of uh, Coach Prime in Colorado. Um, and then, you know, going up a little further, Dalt, I don't necessarily agree with Ohio State being above Florida State. And I, I know Ohio State beat Notre Dame. That was a huge game this past weekend. But I, I just think Florida State has – I mean, when you look at it, Florida State got three votes for first place, and Ohio State only got one. Like, I, I just think Florida State has a way better resume as a whole. And I, I don't I just don't agree with with them winning a game against, you know, Clemson obviously doesn't look like the Clemson of the last four or five years, but it's still a really good football team. And you win that game in Death Valley, very tough place to play. And you drop a spot in the rankings because of it. Like, I, I don't that just doesn't make any sense to me, really, to be quite honest at. Mm -hmm. No, I was honestly, I really figured that Ohio State would jump both Florida State and Texas. I really figured that when this poll dropped on Sunday that Ohio State would be at number three. But you're you're completely right. There's, there's nothing that says that their resume is any better than Florida State's. Well, I mean, let's be honest. They might have saw Ryan Day postgame. Uh, you know, he just blatantly went after Lou Holtz. Might have, they might have uh, might have scared some of the voters into uh, giving him some some higher votes. I don't know if you saw that video, but I, I did. He, just Ryan Day kind of kind of went off in his post game interview, you know. I, which I get it. You know, you're going to defend your guys after you know what Lou Holtz. I I didn't think what Lou Holtz said was really that you know inaccurate about Ohio State, but you know whatever. But you know. Looking up and down the the rest of this doll, you know, Alabama still outside the top 10. That's always just, you know, from what we've been used to, kind of 
kind of a surprise, but they got a big win, you know, at home against Ole Miss. The game we'll touch on. Uh, you know, Washington State, huge win. They jump up, you know, five spots. They were the biggest movers of the weekend in the poll. Um, so, I mean, you you have anything else really that jumps off the page at you about this poll? No, not, not, not just jumps off the page. Just that uh, just kind of an odd thing, USC – gets punished by dropping three spots in a win. I know it didn't look good, but yeah. it's early in the season, so I guess if you're going to punish somebody for winning, might as well do it early. Right. Yeah, they – I wouldn't say that they struggled against Arizona State, but just didn't didn't look super sharp in that game. Um, obviously still, you know, kept Arizona State at bay, and they won that game pretty handily. So, um, I guess, Dalton, if you don't have anything else to touch on, we will get into our, our kind of our quick recap of our picks – um are, are you ready to to get into that yes yes sir yes sir okay so our first game we talked about was um we just touched on washington state uh they had oregon state come into pullman and uh washington state doll they looked pretty impressive i mean kind of dominated this game oregon state made it close there at the end scored a late touchdown to to make it a three-point game but you know oregon state went in there as a three-point favorite we were both on the beavers in that game uh, you know, you are pretty high on the Beavers this year. And, I mean, Washington State, they, they look pretty good, Dalt. Oh, they, they look very good. Something that I wasn't expecting was Washington State just to light it up through the air. I really thought that um, Oregon State's defense would be more prepared for that and kind of make uh, Washington State run the football to beat them. And that wasn't the case. Um, Cam Ward goes a solid 28 for 34 for 404 yards and four tutties. It's not bad. That uh, that's that's a great day. His wide receiver, um, Kyle Williams, just a mere you know seven catches, 174 yards and a touchdown. Had had two, you know, the Josh Kelly kid, eight eight for 159 and three touchdowns. I mean. Yes. I, yeah, they just kind of threw it all over the yard, doll. I mean, 422 total yards through the air, only 106 rushing. Um, but at one point, I think this game, it was like 35 to 14 in the second half. Um, and, yep. you know, go, Oregon, go or, Oregon State kind of stormed back in that fourth quarter, but just really just kind of ran out of time. Um, they, Like I said, they cut it to three, um, but – you know, Washington State, they kind of just from – I believe they led this game wire to wire and kind of just dominated, really. I know the the final score doesn't really indicate that, but I, I think it's safe to say Washington State kind of dominated this game. Oh, yeah. They – from the 14-10 mark on, mark on from the beginning of the game, they led. It was it was a great game by looking for Washington State. I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter where, like, the – Beaver and the Cougar mascot were riding around together, showing unity for the Pac-2. <laughs> and then, like, not even two minutes into the game, players are trying to – like, they're having to separate players. So, I mean, right. just just a great game by Washington State. Kind of a team that, you know, we touched on in the preseason that was kind of in that middle of the pack with Oregon State. Right. And uh, You just didn't really know just, what to expect. Yeah, you just got a little slept on this – this preseason and they're kind of showing people that hey we're we're every bit of a contender as the rest of the Pac-12 right I mean you know they 
they really don't. They have a pretty favorable remaining schedule outside of they get Oregon in, in three weeks, and then they finish with Washington, obviously, in the Apple Cup. But outside of that, I mean, you know, if if the team that showed up on Saturday night shows up, you know, I, I wouldn't expect that team every week. But, I mean, this is a team that could kind of sleep sleep around and, and they could hang around and – be right there in the mix for that that Pac-12, I think. I mean, based on what I saw on Saturday night. So, we we uh, we were both on Oregon State here minus three. Um, you know, obviously, if I'm sure you remember our picks, we were on the same page for pretty every game except for one. Every um, game except for one. So, and and we actually both, you know, I think I went uh, well. I think you went three and three, and I went no. You went two and four. I think I went three and three. I think I think I went three and three. You went four and two. I'm pretty sure. But either way, we both start out zero and one. So um, we will move on. Like I like you know Washington State. Good for them. It it obviously maybe a little better than everybody thought. And and you know the Ward kid, pretty good quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see what they do the rest of the year. But our second game, Dalt, probably. Either the best or second best game of the weekend, I would say. And that was Florida State going into Death Valley to play Clemson. And uh, Clemson kind of let this one get away from them, Dalt. Um, led most of the game. Then they had the huge fumble that Florida State tied it up 24-24. And then it goes into overtime. And, you know, I thought the end of the game in this one, Dalt, Dabo did not do a great job managing that and I know he didn't have a whole lot of time left but you know they they turn him over on downs and get the ball back there at like their own 45 with like 18 or 19 seconds and they run that draw and gain quite a few yards but then they don't even get another snap and so it goes to no. overtime and Dabo's just over there like yeah no big deal and then of course they the final score to this one was 31 24 uh, Florida State was able to score on their possession in overtime Clemson did not we actually did both take Florida State minus two, so they did win. They did cover, so it was a win for us. But Dal, what what kind of were your takeaways on this game? Um, a lot of fight from Clemson, kind of a Clemson team that we, a lot of us kind of wrote them off this season already. I know, yeah, how can you say, oh, you're writing Clemson off this this early in the year? But I mean, they had already had the bad loss to Duke which may not end up being a bad loss as is, but their schedule doesn't get easier. But, I mean, you, we talked about how Klubnik never really looked great in that in the first couple of weeks of the season. He was a modest 25 for 38 for 285 yards and a touchdown. But this one definitely falls back on kind of the same thing that plagued Clemson in that Duke game, just mistakes. They made just too many mistakes. The missed field goal, uh, the fumble that allowed them to tie it in the third. Right. And that's just – and as much as this kicker has been raved by Dabo Sweeney for having a 60-something yard leg, apparently chip shots, chip shots aren't his thing. Well, did, did you see the whole story on that kid about how he was on the team and then he walked away and then ended up coming back and – I, I didn't I, I saw a little bit of this being talked about, but I guess the, the ESPN guys that were doing this game just like beat that story to death. And then, you know, the kid goes out there and misses the, the 
kick at the end of the game that I'm not going to say it would have won the game, but pretty good chance it probably wins them the game. I just thought that was interesting. But I'll tell you what else I found interesting, Dalton. I just saw this on Twitter earlier before we started to record. Dabo Sweeney, this was on three that posted this. I don't know if you saw me. I think I quote tweeted it on Twitter. Um, he said that their uh, their team is four plays away from being 4-0. And I just found that very interesting considering they went to Duke week one and got beat by 21. So, like, I'm not real sure what these plays are he's talking about, but I, I just found that kind of kind of an interesting quote. Yeah, you know, those three touchdown plays against Duke that I, yeah, they I didn't get. get. Right. And then that one touchdown play I, against Florida State that didn't I get. I guess that so, makes sense. You, you can know, score, yeah, four touchdowns in four plays. That that make that yeah. I guess maybe that's what he means. But yeah. yeah that's, I, I mean, Florida State ran for twenty two yards in this game, Dalt. Did you see that? I did. Uh, twenty two uh, rushing yards. Like that that's not gonna get it done a lot of the times. On on twenty attempts. That is a one point one average per attempt by the way. Um, not very good. You know, and I will say, I I, uh, I was not, you know, I had a little bit of things to say about Clemson and obviously the Shipley kid. Um, I I just, and even Klubnik, I, man, Clemson's just, they're just not what they were, adult. And I mean, they, they probably maybe should have won this game, but, you know, Florida State, Really good teams find ways to win late in the games, and that's what they did here. And you know, we both we both took the Seminoles, and so that was that was a win for us. We got kind of on the right track there. You got anything else to add on this game? No, I mean just players players show up and want the ball when it matters the most, and Keon Coleman is just proving that he's that guy for Florida State. Yeah, he's really good. So we will move on, Dalt. Uh, another one that we were. We both picked the same team, and we both lost. Uh, we took UCLA plus four and a half uh, as they traveled to Utah. We were not very high on Utah going into this game because they just really have not looked very good. And I'll be frank, they I didn't think they looked great in this game either. Um, but, you know, they made enough plays to win. Final score was 14 to seven. So they do obviously cover the four and a half. Um, this was just kind of – I. I this was a terrible game. It wasn't a, yeah, it was not a very exciting game. You know, they Utah scores both their touchdowns in the first half and then UCLA they don't score until under 4 minutes left in the game to make it a, you know, 7-point game. Uh I I don't know if this is a sign of Utah being a little better than we thought or maybe UCLA was a little overrated. Um I just kind of expected a little bit more out of Dante Moore. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, Dante Moore kind of got thrown to the fire here. We know how Utah plays really well, really good defense, and they play even better defense at home. But I, I still think Utah's a little overrated without Cam Rising. Um, this is a team that in four quarters only managed 219 total yards of offense, and they held the ball for 34 minutes. So yeah. – I mean, one of their touchdowns was a pick six. Yeah. On, I want to say it was uh, the opening drive for. Yeah, it was. It looked like maybe the like the drive. first. Might have been the first play of the game. It says fourteen forty eight left in the first quarter. 
Yeah, so, yep, that's I what mean, it was. One play, first play of the game was a pick six, and then we go punt, miss field goal, punt, fumble, downs, downs, punt, 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 touchdown, punt, half. Oh gosh, the second half gets even worse. Punt, 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 fumble, punt, punt, fumble. Yeah, downs, punt, 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 touchdown, punt. Downs a game. Oh man, yeah this this one was ugly, Dalt. I don't I don't really have a whole lot to say other than you know I, I do think UCLA was probably probably a little overrated. Dante Moore maybe not quite there yet as a freshman. I do think he's really good and is going to be good for them. And Utah, you know, we talked about them creeping into the top ten. I still I don't think they're very good without rising. I just, you know, I, they, be- they better hope he's back this week. I don't think that they're bad. I mean, I don't think they're a bad team, but I just don't think – I think he makes them a lot better. But, again, we, we both took UCLA plus four and a half, and it was mostly because of Utah not having rising. But they they make enough plays to win, Dalton. You know what they say, good teams win, great teams cover. They found a way to cover. So, uh, we will – We'll move on to our next game, and that was we headed over to the SEC. Um, Ole Miss, as usual, goes into Bryant Denny Stadium, lays a total egg against Alabama. Final score here was twenty-four to ten. Dalt, uh, that mighty Lane Kiffin <laughs> offense only mustered up ten points after all the all the stuff that he wanted to talk about all week of knowing this and that, and you know they have he he knows all their their plays and their their coordinator has you know golding at coordinator and it's just it, it seems to always go this way with kiffin to me he he likes to you know run his head a little bit the week of and it's always against alabama it's like it's some kind of joke for him i guess i don't know and they kind of just go in there and like i said they lay an egg 10 points i mean i alabama didn't look particularly good but you know they they win the game by two touchdowns so you know, well, they they got back to what they wanted to be all year, and that's a run first football team. Now, doing that against Ole Miss is a lot easier than doing it against a Texas or a LSU or a Georgia. But Mc, the McClellan kid had 17 carries for 105 yards, and I think that's the first time that he's broken 100 yards this season. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is the first time he's broke 100 yards this season. So you kind of get back to what Saban's wanted to do all year with this. Jalen right. Milrow didn't have a terrible game. No. He had the one interception in the red zone that was kind of just a a force that he didn't necessarily have to do. But he only missed four passes for 225 yards. But they controlled – they kind of controlled this game after the half. Right. You know, they get they go to locker room down seven to six, and I'm sure Lane Kiffin went in there and told his guys, hey, it's over, they're going to fold. And then here comes Alabama. Right. Well, I, yeah, I mean, n- neither team was real good on third down, um, but Ole Miss just – the offense was just pretty much abysmal. I mean, you have – you have a guy who we believe is one of the best running backs in the country and Judkins, who I'm not sure if he's entirely healthy, but you know, 13 carries for 56 yards. And I mean, I know Alabama's got a good defense. You're not going to really, you're not going to cut them up on the ground. Like you're just not, but like the dark kid, 
it, he's you got to be better. I mean, he's got to be better for Ole Miss to yeah. go. I mean, it's just that's just I mean, twenty to thirty five for two forty four, no touchdowns and interception. Like that's just not going to get it done, Dalt. I mean, realistically. But no, I mean, we we both took Bama here minus seven. I thought that was like common sense, honestly. Like I I said it in the the preview pod. I don't believe in Lane Kiffin. I never have. I don't think he's a head coach. I I see tons of people on social media that think he's going to be Saban's predecessor at Bama. And I'm telling you right now, if I was an Alabama fan, I would absolutely not want Lane Kiffin. Like I got nothing against the guy. I think he's fun. He's funny. He's quirky. Like he's always got something to say, but I I just don't think he's a head coach. Like I think he's an offensive coordinator and he's a good one at that. And he's just not had any success anywhere he's been as a head coach, any real success. Like, whether it was in the NFL or college, he just, he hasn't. So we both took Bama minus seven. That was a win for us. If you don't have anything else, we will uh, move on to this next game that we're not going to have a whole lot to say about. Um, So you got anything else on this Ole Miss Bama game? No, sir. Okay. uh, Moving on quickly, Dalt. Uh, Oregon defeated Colorado 42-6. You took uh, Oregon minus 21. I took Colorado plus 21. I guess we can go ahead and move on. (laughs) Uh, this was a bloodbath, Dalt. Or Oregon, Oregon bashed Colorado's brains in. I mean, let's just let's call it what it is. They rip off thirty-five in the first half and are going for two, going for fake punts. Fake on punts, yeah, their in their own territory, yeah. Yes, like, I mean, I'll, and man, there's been quite a bit of backlash come out of this game with Dan Lanning and what he said pregame and. You know, I, I didn't – I've seen so many different takes on this. I, I thought it was just a coach trying to hype his team up, Dalt. I didn't have any problem with what he said. I, I've seen people say he says stuff like that because he's jealous of Deion Sanders or, you know, these coaches are all scared of Deion and how he does things, which that there may be a little truth to that. Like, Deion's unconventional. Like, he he's not your typical coach that comes up through the ranks like a lot of these guys have. You know, Lanning being one of those guys. You know, you you spend so many years on staff, then you become a coordinator, then a head coach. Like, you know, Deion being who he was, he, he just got thrown into it as a head coach because of who he is. But, I mean, Oregon just – they just embarrassed Colorado. I mean, totally – like, and I'll be the first to say, I I did not think Colorado had a chance to win this game, but I just thought 21 was too much. I, I just thought surely their offense might keep it close, like within a couple scores. But, I mean, Shadur Sanders, man. I, I know a lot of people were talking about Oregon's offensive line, but you got to step up in the pocket, dude. I mean, I, I don't know how much of this game you watch at all, but he just keeps running backwards like, when you know your offensive line is going to get whipped around the edge like that, like you kind of got to know to step up into the pocket instead of continuing to drop back further and further. Like you're going to get sacked. I, I, that just didn't make a lot of sense to me. But Colorado just never had a chance. I, I mean, I, I, I don't. You know, I don't really know where it goes from here. I, you know, it's it's uh. It's interesting. It's. But, yeah, Dalt, I mean, where, where do you go from here if you're Colorado? Well, you just put your big boy pants on and you go on to the next week. 
I mean, it's not like the road gets any easier. You bring in the reigning Heisman Trophy winner and Lincoln Riley this week into Boulder. So, I mean, you can't let this one game derail your season. I understand that the way Oregon put it on you, it's very easily to spiral from here. But you have to understand, this is a this was the ass whooping of their own making. And everybody can say, <clears throat> oh, well, Dan Lanning hates Prime, blah, blah, blah. Everybody needs to go watch the Oregon uh, football <laughs> video that they posted this week. Right. Because you're going to understand where all this fire came from. You've got Colorado players saying that they'll beat everybody's ass on their team, including their head coach. Right. Shiloh Shiloh Sanders at that. Dion's son. Yeah. And then you've got players laughing at them, saying they're small, this and that. And then you just go out and you just just tell your guys, hey, go talk with your pads. They're in it for clicks. We're in it for we're in it for wins. And you just go bash them in. You have more first downs than they have yards in the first half. So Here's the thing for Colorado, just you gotta have a short memory. Right. You gotta you gotta erase it and you have to go get better and have to figure out how to get it done this week. And and I don't I don't think anybody with a realistic opinion on sports outside of maybe RJ Young, who's a total idiot, um, thought Colorado had a real shot to win this game. Like I said, I, I didn't think they were going to win, Dalt. I just thought they might cover the 21 because that's just such a big spread. I mean, for for a, a team that I think Colorado is a talented team, they they have some good players, especially on offense. Um, but obviously, Oregon, they just – they like you said, they just go in there. And, I mean, it, it was just – it was an – I'm not going to say it was an embarrassment for Colorado, but, I mean, like it you – should have been. You got totally just – in every facet of every part of the game just got whipped and so you took Oregon minus 21 that's a win for you I took I took Colorado yeah you called it I'll give you that you called it I took Colorado plus 21 Uh, I'm not going to give Colorado a bunch of hate for this game like you know a lot of people have been so quick to jump on you know the oh yeah here's this is the real you know coach prime like chill out like it, it's kind of like he said, and I don't necessarily disagree with this. Like, you know, if you're going to get us, get us right now because this is bad as we're going to be. Like, he's probably not. Yeah. He's probably not wrong. I mean, if, not wrong. if we're being honest. But with that, Dalt, we'll move into our final game, which was our game of the week. Ohio State Notre Dame um, came down to the wire, and talk about a cluster at the end of this game, Dalt. Which again. Good teams win, great teams cover, Dalt. We took Notre Dame plus three and a half, and they cover that, that hook. <laughs> the hook. The hook saved us, Dalt. It saved us. Um, the Fighting Irish do cover, but they lose the game on the last play with like three seconds left. 17 to 14 was the final. And, I mean, the big, is there a bigger story coming out of this game, Dalt, than the fact that they had 10 players on the field for the final, not just the final play, the final two the plays. The final two plays. Yeah. I mean, how does that happen? That's I have no idea, but it's it's inexcusable. You know, I actually thought, you know, I'm I'm not a huge Jim Traber fan, Oklahoma Sports Radio, um, but I thought he made an excellent point today on the radio talking about it. If you're one of the guys on the field and you realize that, why not just jump off sides? I mean, 
at least you 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 know they move the ball ten inches. It's, it's the first down, but like there's no time left, so it's not like they're going to be able to run all these plays. And then you can sub a guy in and have eleven players on the field. I mean, what are they going to move the ball six inches? Like it's on the yeah. freaking half yard line. Yeah, they are on the half yard line. So but I think what makes it the worst is they. If it would have been a corner or a safety, like they have, okay, no big deal. They have no one it's on one side of the field. Defensive end. <laughs> yeah, it has a defensive end that they ran right at. It's impressive. It's impressive, and you know Marcus Freeman was kind of was kind of just speechless after this game. Didn't really. I, I think they asked him about it, and he he had said something. I don't even remember. He, I can't remember what he said. He, I want to say he said he realized it there at the end, but there was nothing he could really do about it because they didn't have no timeouts. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, here's here's my deal. You're standing there. They get up to the line, and they go, "Oh shit, we're down a guy." It's not like you're at the 20 yard line to where he's just got to run five yards. They were on opposite hash, and he had to. He would have had to run a defensive end all the way 25 yards to the end zone across the field to get him lined up. Right. So at that point, you're better off just saying, if yeah, we I mean, stop just, him, we stop him. Yeah. But if I run him out there and we get a, we get an offside and we stop him, they get another shot at him. Yeah. So it's kind of one of the things I hope they don't find the weak spot. The weak spot was right in front of the running back. But yeah, so you know they they score last play of the game. Uh, like I said, we we actually did both end up getting a win on this uh, game. Was pretty boring, really, Dalton, in the first half. Um, and I mean, it picked up there towards the end. You know, Notre Dame they they it was ten nothing. They made it ten seven. Then they went up fourteen ten about halfway through the fourth. But you know, I thought this was kind of a. Uh, Show me what you got game out of the McCord kid being, you know, the young guy, new guy on the block. He he takes him on that final drive down the field to win the game, you know. Um I got thought, lucky. I he well, sure. I, I just I thought that was just kind of huge for him going forward. Um in that moment, you know, Notre Dame, super tough place to play. We were we were both really high on the Irish in this game and and I will say, I think Notre Dame, they kind of lost this game more than Ohio State won it. I think they had several opportunities in this game that they, they couldn't quite cash in on. Um, but, yeah, this this was a game we both picked correctly, technically. But um, Notre Thank Dame – Thank goodness for the hook. Yeah, Notre Dame, Notre Dame did lose. And so if I'm looking here, yes, you went four and two and I went – Let's see. I went. You would just, you just been one worse than yeah. me. I, I went three and three, so you know, decent weekend for us. We even though we we picked very similarly. Uh, real quick, we'll touch on our super dogs. Your super dog did hit uh, Arkansas. You had them plus. It's kind of crazy. They were seventeen and a half point dogs against LSU, and they had a chance to win that game, uh, but they did end up losing. But they do cover. Um, I took UTSA against Tennessee was looking really good for me, Dalt, there at one point. It was like, uh, I think it was like, uh, what was the score? It was, they, they were with them. It like was like 31 13. to 14 or something. And I'm thinking, oh, man, this looks, you know, pretty good. And then Tennessee scores two two uh, touchdowns 
rather quickly and ends up winning, I think, 45 to 14. And uh, <clears throat> so UTSA did not cover. So I missed on my super dog. But um, those those were our games this week, Dalt. It was a really good week of college football. I know we're kind of late on this recap. So, you know, with that, we will get into our what should be a pretty good week five. We've got, I think, four more ranked matchups that we're going to pick ranked on ranked or three ranked on ranked, which one there is another ranked on ranked matchup that we're not going to pick. Um, but, you know, our first game, Dalt, actually, we, we are picking two games that are on Friday nights. Uh, but our first one, we're, we're heading back to NC State. Louisville is on the road at NC State on Friday night at 6 o'clock. Um, Louisville coming in as a three-point favorite on the road, Dalt. My Louisville Cardinals, um, what, what, are, what are you thinking here on this one? I like Louisville here. I think that um, they're just the better team. Anytime that your quarterback's leading you in rushing, I, I'm not going to be real high on your team going forward. And that's kind of where NC State's at. I know they're 3-1 and one with one loss to Notre Dame, but they just haven't exactly looked great this year. I mean, yeah, you beat VMI, but you kind of struggle with UConn, and they're not the team they were last year. And then this weekend, you – beat Virginia by three and we think Virginia might be one of the worst teams in the power five. Right. So I like Louisville here. I think that they're just kind of all around better at every position. And I think that they're probably going to win this by a lot more than just three. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm with you, Dalt. I, uh, obviously, you know, I was pretty high on Louisville in our, uh, preseason uh, preview uh, episodes that we did of our conference previews. So I, I, I think the Cardinals are just a better team, better. I don't know that I would say they're better coach, but I just, I think they, they have a little bit more going in their direction. So I, I, I like Louisville as well here. Um, what could be a really sneaky, good game that kind of leads us off into another good weekend of college football, but uh, I will put you down for Louisville minus three. And I, I just think Louisville, they haven't looked, you know, just crazy impressive this year, but they just have won and, you know, they're they're four and oh and a team that's probably a fringe top twenty five football team right now. And I think they maybe win this game. They they might break into the top twenty five next week. Um, but I, I like the Cardinals here minus three. So we will move on to our next game, Dalt, and we head uh, over to the SEC. Um, this is Texas A&M. It says it, you know, it's at Arkansas. Technically, Arkansas is the home team, but we both know this is a neutral site game down at uh, AT&T Stadium in Dallas. 11 a.m. on Saturday. A&M currently a six-and-a-half-point favorite, Dalt, heading into this one after coming off that uh, good win against Auburn. Obviously, Arkansas coming off back-to-back losses to BYU and LSU. G- give me your thoughts on this one, Dalt. Well, I was – I really thought Texas A&M was going to be able to have these next two big week weekends to really show what they're made of. They're going to be without their starting quarterback for the next couple weeks. I believe they said it was a high ankle sprain. So he is not going to be playing this weekend. Okay. I, you said A&M, that's the Wagman kid? The Wagman kid, yes. He got hurt against Auburn, and Max Johnson had to finish the game. Hmm. 
I uh, if Wagman was playing, I would really, really like Texas A&M minus five and a half. But I am going to go Arkansas plus five and a half. If Texas A&M finds a way to win this, six and a half. I would be. Is it six and a half? Even better. Yeah. If Texas A&M finds a way to win this, I would be kind of surprised because the Wagman kid is really the engine that makes them go. They don't really have much of a run game and their defense is very very vulnerable to a team with a good quarterback and KJ Jefferson is a pretty seasoned guy in that retrospect yeah I'm actually going to agree with you here I I know we we were on the same page a lot last year and it's looking that way early but I don't even necessarily know that Arkansas might win this game, but I just think it, it stays pretty close. And I do agree if, if the Wagman kid's not playing, that's obviously huge for A&M as far as their offense is concerned. Um, but, I, man, Arkansas, man, they just have kind of been snake bit the last two weeks. You know, you lose two games that you could have just as easily won as you lost to, you know, two teams that, you know, I think BYU is maybe a little better than what people thought they were going to be. They obviously lost to Kansas last week, um, but that's a pretty decent Kansas team. Um, and then LSU is obviously a good football team that they just lost to this past week. Uh, but I, I, I think I'm with you. I think I like Arkansas plus six and a half. And I won't say that it would shock me if they won this game, but I, I do think Tech A&M might end up winning, but I think it's going to be close. So I, I like Arkansas plus six and a half. And so with that, Dalt, we move on, and we're actually staying in the SEC. Uh, number 22, Florida, overrated, at Kentucky, <laughs> heading up uh, heading up to Lexington, 11 a.m., and actually uh, being the unranked team at home, Kentucky comes in here, Dalt, as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And, you know, I, I kind of think I know where I'm leaning here, but uh, give me your thoughts, Dalt. I think that Florida away from home is a liability. I think that the swamp makes them better. I think that I, you say any team, you can say well, any team at home is going to be better, but the swamp made a what we think is not a very good Florida team look really good against a Tennessee team. Now, how good is Tennessee? We don't know, but right. I am going to go – with Kentucky here at home in this rivalry, I think that Devin Leary, if he can keep from turning the football over, I know he's thrown five interceptions on the year through four games. If he can take care of the football, I think that they're probably going to win this pretty handily. Their defense is pretty good against the uh, run, and they have a really good running back in Ray Davis. Right. And I, I – uh... I just think, man, I, I really like Kentucky in this game. I, I'm with you. I don't, I don't think Florida is particularly good. Period. But I really, I do, I do agree with you in the sense that they're probably even a worse team on the road. And you know, I don't know that Kentucky's a super tough place to play. But you know, obviously, anytime you go on the road in a conference like the SEC, like you're gonna, you're gonna go through some struggles. Um, but. I just think Kentucky is a better team, and I think there's a reason that they're favored, even though they're not ranked and Florida is. I don't think 
that Kentucky's getting a ton of respect right now. And I think this is a game that they're going to win. And I think that it's going to vault them into the top 25. And, you know, I, I know they got they got Georgia next week, Dalt. Yeah. So it's going to vault them into the top 25, I think, and potentially set up a top 25 matchup for, for that Georgia game next week. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say Kentucky's going to beat Georgia, but I, I like Kentucky minus two and a half in this game. I, I, I think they – I think they take care of business and win fairly easily, actually. So we'll move on. Another Friday night game, actually, Dalt. Uh, heading over to the Pac-12, top 25 matchup here. Uh, number 10, Utah, who we touched on, heading uh, up to Corvallis to take on the Oregon State Beavers, who fell to number 19 after that loss. This game's at 8 o'clock. Um, Oregon State at home, minus three, Dalt. So, you know, what do you? Another lower ranked team, yeah, favored at home, right? And I, I don't know that Corvallis is like a death trap to walk into by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, going to be a tough place to play. We're neither one of us are very high on Utah. I know you like Oregon State a lot. Not sure how much you like them after that game against Washington State, but you know, what what are you thinking here? Um, I think that Utah is going to get exposed this week. If Cam Risen doesn't come back, this could this game could get ugly. This is a Utah team that went on the road to Baylor in week two and had the last second touchdown to win that game. And this is the Baylor team that Texas just beat thirty eight to six in dominating fashion. So that tells you how bad Baylor is. Right. And it took Utah four quarters to sniff out a win. I'm going to take Oregon State. I think Oregon State wins big, and I think that this loss will kind of speed up them pushing Cam Rising back because they are they are literally – they have a bye week, they play Cal, and then it's USC. So I, I would almost bet that they lose this weekend to a good Oregon State team. And then, if not Cal, definitely USC is when you'll see Cam Rising back. Well, I guess just for the sake of argument, Dalt, I'm going to take Utah plus three. I I don't even know that I have anything to base it off of. I, I still think Utah plays really good defense, and I think defense travels. And, you know, I know Oregon State's offense has looked okay, but, you know, let's not pretend like they didn't just go to Washington and, you know, I know they had the 21-point fourth quarter, but didn't look real great most of that game. So, I I like Utah here. I, I, think, I think they cover plus three, which maybe Oregon State still wins. Probably not if, if with that close of a spread, but – I, I'm going to take Utah here plus three, Dalt. So just, I guess, just for the sake of just, uh, just to be different, just to be different. Yeah. So uh, trying to get a, trying to get a game back there. Utah, they they need uh they need Cam Rising back in a bad bad way, but bad way. We will move on, Dalt. Another top twenty-five matchup. Notre Dame fell, you know, down to number eleven, heading on the road to. Duke, your number 17th ranked Duke Blue Devils, uh, 630. I believe, I think this game might be the, you know, the primetime ABC game, I think, Saturday night. Uh, but Notre Dame on the road, Dalt, a five and a half point favorite 
at Duke. What do you think? Oh, this one hurts my soul. Because <laughs> I want to take Duke so bad, but I know that <laughs> I know that Notre Dame is just going to come out mad and wanting a wanting to just beat whoever they see into the ground after that Ohio State game. And my poor Duke Blue Devils are going to be that that victim. I'm going to take Notre Dame minus five and a half. I think that a lot of what Duke lucked out against with Clemson, with the turnovers, the fumbling inside the red zone, um, stuff like that. This is a Duke team that's very good on defense. But I'm, I'm going to have to take Notre Dame in this. I just think that Duke doesn't have the weapons on offense to keep up with what Notre Dame's going to do. I, I'm a real big fan of Riley Leonard, but, I mean, he only has two passing touchdowns on the year, and he's going to have to throw the football to keep up with Sam Hartman. You know, I really wish I could argue with you a little bit, Dalt, but I, I just – I kind of am inclined to agree. I, I think Duke – I think that's a solid team. I think Mike Elko is – a guy that's being talked about for, you know, moving up the chain of, of college football as far as from a coaching standpoint. I uh, don't think he's going to be at Duke for very long, so they, they probably need to enjoy him while they've got him. Um, as much as, as you like Duke, it's it's just not a football school. Like, it's just not. Um, and I just think Notre Dame, you know, we looked at that game with Clemson and Duke, and it's like Clemson has a better team. And I think I would still be inclined to agree with that. But Notre Dame even more so, like, Notre Dame's more talented than Duke across the board. Like, it's just a fact. And you have a guy like Sam Hartman who, you know, <clears throat> you know, he didn't didn't have a great week last week against Ohio State. But I, I just think Notre Dame – I do think there's quite a bit of pressure on them after that loss because, you know, a lot of people were high on Notre Dame thinking that they had a, a path to the playoff and – you know, a lot of people still do, even with that one loss, with it being to Ohio State. I, I'm not sure if I agree with that. I mean, I think there's still a path for sure. But I, I do kind of think that Notre Dame's kind of in, you know, they're obviously in must-win mode from here on out as far as if they want to attain that goal of making the playoff. So I, I, I just – I think Notre Dame's just going to be going to be too much for Duke in this game. And and I like, I like the Fighting Irish minus five and a half. I think they win this game. I will, I'm not going to say handily, but I, I think they control this game mostly. Uh, and it's a good Duke football team. I, I think Duke's good. I think they're going to make some noise in the ACC. Uh, you know, I know you like Duke, but g- this give has me. Nothing to, this has nothing to do with the ACC for Duke. So no, my, no, no. Yeah, me obviously. Me saying them being a close third right. in the ACC is still all on the table. Right. It kind of feels like an ACC matchup, but obviously Notre Dame. Well, being that's just because Notre Dame plays every <clears throat> ACC school. Right, being an independent, you know, they were in the ACC that won the COVID year. But, um, yeah, I, I like Notre Dame, minus five and a half Dalts. So, with that, takes us into – I wasn't really sure, Dalt, that, that Duke, North, no, Duke Notre Dame might have maybe should have been our game of the week. But I went ahead and put down LSU and Ole Miss. We've got number 13 LSU heading on the road to – Oxford to take on the 20th ranked Ole Miss fighting Lane Kiffins and on the road 
LSU only a two-point favorite in this game. And I'm a little I'm a little confused by that, to be honest with you, Dalt. What what do you yeah. what do you make of this game? Um just just for a little quick reference, uh what do you think the ESPN matchup predictor has this game at? I mean with LSU favorite, I would say sixty percent, I don't know, fifty five. Fifty six point six percent for Ole Miss. Yeah, I actually just pulled it up right as you said that. I wasn't looking at it, but how is how are they favored in the predictor? And I, I, LSU's I a two no, point favorite. I have no idea. These are Vegas's no, lines. This has got to be like the FPI deal. Well, yeah, it just um, says you, according you, to ESPN analytics. I mean, yeah. Give me uh, LSU minus um, this. I think LSU's a better football team than Alabama. I think they're better. Oh, let me let me rephrase this. I think they're better offensively than Alabama. They do have to figure out the defensive side of the ball. They are giving up 360 yards a game, but Ole Miss has also given up 350. So yeah. I think that the neighbors' kids do for us are up for a big game. And I think Jalen Daniels is going to take care of the football more so than what Jackson Dart is. Ole Miss, I know if he's healthy, then you have to run Judkins to stay in this game. But like you said earlier, we don't know how healthy he is. So right. I'm taking LSU minus, what was what was it? Two. Two? <clears throat> Easily. Yeah. I, again, this is going to be a week where we basically just disagree on one game, Dalt. And – Sorry, I don't. You know, <laughs> I, I, uh, I just the can't. The good news is, is we're going to disagree on one next week. I right for sure. I, I just can't bring myself to pick Ole Miss as much as I just talked about Lane Kiffin. Like I'm not taking them plus two. I don't think they're winning this game. I don't think they have any remote chance to win this game, even even with it being at home. I mean, I, I just I, it's at night. You know, I'm sure that no, it's at two thirty. Oh no, it's at five. Five, yeah. I thought I thought it was the CBS <clears throat> kick. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the Grove's going to be rocking. the The stadium would be crazy. I, but man, I just can't get on the old Miss train I, and the Lane train. Like, I, I just think LSU has better players. I think they got a better coach. I I think they're the better team. I think they're going to go in there and they're going to handle business. And I'm going to be honest with you. You know, Alabama just beat this team by two touchdowns. It really wouldn't surprise me if LSU beat him by two touchdowns, maybe even more than that, Dalt. I'm just going to flat out say it. I I just don't – I don't like Ole Miss at all. I I'm, I said it in the preseason that I wasn't sure that they were a top 25 team and they've hung around in there because they really hadn't played anybody at this point besides Alabama, who they got beat by. So, yeah, give me LSU minus two. I, I think that that's – it's like almost like common sense. I I don't know how – and maybe they'll make me look stupid. Who knows? Uh, teams tend to do that. Maybe I just really am stupid. <laughs> uh, it's possible. So, with that, before we get into our Super Dogs doll, we will recap. We both like uh, we both like Louisville minus three. We both like Arkansas plus six and a half. Both like Kentucky minus two and a half. We are different on I like Utah plus three. You like Oregon State minus three. We're both taking Notre Dame minus five and a half, and we both like LSU minus two. So with that, Dalt, 
go ahead, give me your super dog of the weekend for week five. My super dog is going to be South Carolina plus 12 and a half. Okay. Okay. They're at, they play Tennessee this week. And I just, I don't think that they are going to win by two scores like this. They may win by 10, but I think this is kind of a game where Spencer Rattler has a tendency to play good. If right. that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, you you have to imagine the one one thing I'll I'll push back on you is you know it's at Tennessee, so you have to imagine after that kind of embarrassing game last year at South Carolina, Tennessee is going to have they're going in their mind they're going to have something to prove. Now whether or not they can do that, I think we both agree maybe not because I don't think either of us are super high on Tennessee at this point. It's a team I was high on going into the year, but they just don't look real good. Um, after what they've lost or what they lost from from last year's team. So I I don't hate this pick, Dalt. I think South Carolina is kind of in a place where uh, the rubber's got to meet the road for Shane Beamer and crew, you know, two and two. Uh, Obviously, they had kind of high expectations going into this year with with Rattler coming back. So I I will give you South Carolina plus 12 and a half. And, I mean, I, I don't hate it. I really don't hate it. So we will see. My super dog, and <clears throat> I don't know. This might surprise you, but I, I don't know. It's it's not a huge spread, but I just think that one team's better than the other that's not favored, so that's what I'm going to take. And it's actually a Friday night game, Dalt. I'm taking BYU plus two against Cincinnati. I I think that... Ooh, in Provo and Cincinnati's yeah. favored? Yeah, I mean, I... I literally saw what? that, and I was just like, I feel like that's freaking easy money, dude. I mean, like, I would be hammering BYU plus two. Like, I, I got to, you know, obviously got to see Cincinnati this past weekend against my Sooners. Did not look very good. Um, Oklahoma pretty well suffocated them. Their offense, they just could not do much of anything. Uh, Emory Jones, not very good. Uh, not, not, and, not the guy. Uh, yeah, like just not very good. Um, like, I just think that you you can't convince me that they're going into a place like Provo and covering two. And I don't think they're winning that game at all. I have no faith that Cincinnati is going to go in there and win that game. So well, on a fr- on a Friday night of all of right. All yeah, I mean things. it's gonna gonna be a late game. So yeah, give and I think I think BYU, like I said earlier. We touched on them talking about Arkansas. Uh, I, I think that's a decent football team. They, you know, kind of hung around there with Kansas. You know, I just offensively, I don't think BYU is great, but you know, they beat Arkansas, and I, you know, I, I just think they win this game. Dalt, I, I think they, I think they're going to be more physical than Cincinnati, and I don't think Cincinnati's terrible. I think they're. I think these are both teams that are kind of going to be middle of the pack in the Big Twelve this year. Um, neither one of them are very good, but they're obviously not terrible teams. But I, I just think BYU wins this game. So I'm taking BYU plus two. I think they win outright pretty easily. I'm really shocked that you didn't take Kansas minus 17. I thought about it. I thought about it. If it would have been in little, Lawrence, I might have. But A little bit of a worry that Texas might just impose their will this weekend. 
Well, I'm not, I'm not worried. I could care less to be quite honest with you, but I, I did think red, about that red, one. Red, red river next week. Yeah. You, you kind of got the look ahead factor. I actually almost took Iowa state to be honest with you against my Sooners. They're 20, 20 and a half point right now. Underdogs. I, I, Oh I, man, I, that's I mean, OU's, just cause, just just because they put thirty on Oklahoma State does not give me confidence that they'll right, put, right. they'll put up enough to cover that. Right, and I mean, yeah, like I, I did think about that. Think thought about taking taking them against my Sooners, um, but I I I don't know if OU will cover that game. They might, but I don't. I I didn't want to do that, so I, I'm don't, taking. Don't, don't y'all don't y'all dare mess around and lose that game. <clears throat> I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I don't think that's going to happen either. But don't 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 mess around and lose that hey, game. You need to worry about yourself. All right, don't don't lose to Kansas. Okay. Hey, we'll be fine. You don't worry about us. You don't don't lose to your second biggest rival in the conference, Kansas. Okay. Well, according to the Boomer Beamer guy. Oh, is, is 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 Texas one of his teams on serious upset alert this week? They, oh yeah, dude. Oh, he's, you're good. You're good then. Yeah, he's, Texas he's, will be fine. Every every time a Texas fan says anything to him, the first <laughs> thing that pops into his mentions are, "Oh, Kansas beat Texas in 2016 and in 2021." <laughs> well, uh, you know we're we're fixing to get out of here, Dalt. Uh, we kind of are touching on our teams, but how, how do you feel about that game in in I, Austin? I, I, the spread, the spread being a little big, kind of worries me, because, I mean, I don't like they say good teams win, great teams cover. I don't care. I don't oh, yeah. care about just a cover. Uh, just win. And I think that Texas is just too much in the front seven for Kansas. I I know that Jalen Daniels is a very very good quarterback, and he's the cog that makes them go. And Devin Neal's a great running back. But you got to have guys on the front seven that give you time to make plays. And if any, if last weekend's game against Baylor was any indication, right? Texas has got some dudes on the front seven that are going to get after you for sure. Yeah, so I, think, I feel pretty comfortable. I I just I hope both of our teams like that look ahead factor obviously have a potential for a huge Red River game next week that I know we're both looking forward to. Obviously, my Sooners. We talked about them just a second ago. They they got Iowa State coming in. I I think it's a game that oh you should they should handle Iowa State. I don't think Iowa State's very good. They did find some offense last last week against Oklahoma State, but I think well, we would both agree at this point Oklahoma State might be the worst team in the Big Twelve. Dalt. I, I mean that there is serious conversation to be had regarding that. Um, well, Mike Gundy's not worried about the program. Well, I, I heard on the radio today also that they're starting a because <clears throat> you know Oklahoma State's on a bye week. Yeah. Apparently, somebody is trying to organize a step down chant for Mike Gundy for next Friday against Kansas State. That is apparently supposed to be done, I think, entering the fourth quarter or something of that nature. <laughs> so they might be doing it at halftime yeah, of that game. Yeah, who, who knows? <laughs> who knows? But. Uh, yeah, I think we we both like uh, our teams this weekend. We just we hope that they don't don't get that that look ahead mentality. Um, but that's our week five uh, week four recap, week five preview. We do apologize we weren't able to bring two episodes this week. We just couldn't get together and do it. Um, but you know it's no big deal. We we kept this episode pretty short for you guys. So you know, Dalt, I guess. Um, with that, if uh, if you don't have anything else to add, I guess we will uh, be back here, hopefully for a week five recap this weekend. And 
we'll see you guys then and, and we're going to get out of here we're out I, yeah i just got one quick thing good for neil baum being three and one because everything does run through lubbock including every team they play for the lubbock red raiders <laughs> that are one and three I don't forget it. to cover the flats If you enjoyed this episode of the Cover 2 Podcast, please leave us a rating or write us a review. Tell your friends about the podcast and help us grow the show. You can find episodes on Apple, iHeart, Spotify, and YouTube. Just search the Cover 2 Podcast and you'll find us. If you want to contact us or be a guest on the show, we're on Facebook, X, Instagram, and TikTok as the Cover 2 Podcast. You can also email us at cover2podcast2021 at gmail.com. We appreciate all of you for listening and supporting our show.